Hi, and welcome to the 81st edition of Keen Minds. We're covering NBC's The Blacklist. The first episode is The Brockton College Killer. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I'm Tessa. And we're going to be covering them separately because while there was definitely some overlap and themes and stuff going on, we don't want the Brockton College Killer to get lost in the mythology because there was a ton of mythology, tons of stuff to think about uh, with Rosfit. But the Brockton College Killer was written by Sam Christopher, and she is on Tumblr, and I adore Sam. She is just utterly fantastic. So I've been looking forward to this episode for a very long while, and I was not at all disappointed. And so it was excellent. Well, I'm, and, and we definitely also, at least on my side, wanted to make sure that we give the episode the due that is that is due, but um, also because it actually has the heavier part of the mythology. It's in that episode, which I know people are going to be like, what? By people, it she is. means Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Plus a lot of other people. T- Tessa um, and I disagree on some of the stuff. We'll we'll get to it. It'll be mm-hmm. fun. It's always fun when we disagree. <laughs> Let us talk about first the blacklister itself. Oh my gosh. I so I knew it. I yeah, so oh, knew it. Well the thing is like when she popped in, I'm sitting there going, it'd be interesting if she was the killer. She knows an awful lot about it. And as it kept going, I was like, she's totally the killer. She's upset. Yep, there it goes. There it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, I mean, she looked creepy. But it's it was one of those things that, yes, you saw it coming, but it was still a fun twist. Oh, I, my like, God, yeah. Because I, it, they, they played very well with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very well done. I particularly loved when you know she the um um is it Carlisle's the name of the guy is Carlisle um the the name of the guy who was in oh, just Carlisle names I think Car- yeah. Carlisle sounds Car- right yeah Carlisle and he goes over there and, and there is it almost feels like he's going to kill her um, oh, they definitely. Like, maybe I was wrong because this is something about this feels weird. Well, it's the way he puts her up against the wall. Yeah, against the wall. He's the aggressor. The music. Yeah, yeah, just the whole thing. You're sitting there going, "You're right." It was meant to, you know, kind of twist it around. And go, all right. Maybe I, maybe I misjudged this. But no, I mean, it was, it was absolutely wonderful, and. I, I love a good female villain. I do. And, I mean, oh, she was it was funny. just fun. I mean, because she was, was crazy. <laughs> My favorite moment of this episode, I gotta say that. I love all the mythology things that incorporated in there. But my favorite point of this was when she said, we could have been so happy. And then walk him again. Yeah. I was was sitting there going, he would have been so dead. I mean, like, because he was already fluttering with that first one. When mm-hmm. she knocked him out in the face with it, I mean, I'm going, no, he would have been dead. But hey, you know, TV. But great. that wasn't the fun. The fun was to have them freeze to death. Yeah. So I guess that she was careful not to hit him. But it was great because she said, you you know, she looked almost remorseful. Like, we could have, I wish we could have been this. We could have been so much happier she- than what? She thought she loved him. I mean, in her twisted way, she did. And we've talked about that a lot on this show, about people, quote-unquote, loving other people in their best manner, you know, in the way they can, the best that they can. And sometimes the best that these people love someone else is still really, really bad. And that was definitely in this case. She, I mean, you had the stepfather who said, my stepdaughter is obsessed with this guy. She ran an entire podcast and we can tell you a lot of work goes into a podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean was obviously very popular with it to the point that Aram had heard it and mm-hmm. even Red had heard it and Red doesn't catch up with anything you know on on mm-hmm. social media and so in fact he has his on tapes yeah that's I don't know how he got them on tapes but I guess Dembe sits Somebody over did. and transfers them onto tape for him on the cassette <laughs> Um, but 
no, I mean, it just, it added up beautifully and it was a lot of fun. And one of my favorite moments for it was when she was dragging him down the stairs, continuing oh. to give him a worse concussion, you know, <laughs> and telling her story. And talking, about, talking to him, like everything I did for you, it was, like, and we, it was for us and you had to go mess it up. She was so crazy and I loved it. I mean, it was what like pillow press? talk. It was like pillow talk as she was dragging his limp body down the stairs. <laughs> and then, like, you know, why did you confess, silly? You were supposed to do that. Yeah. Like, it was your fault, but it was your fault. And like what she said, it was your fault I was in prison. It's like, like just talking, like, what? I Like, not at all. You confessed. Yeah, you know, I feel like if the blacklist has taught me anything, it's that if I ever find myself in the room with a true psychopath... That I'm not going to tell them I'm going to the cops. I'm just going to play along with it until I get some breathing room, and then I'm running for the hills. Don't don't tell them you're going to the cops or if they're crazy. Them or kill them or do them with a bat. Make sure yeah. they're dead. Yeah, check the pulse. Yeah, Raymond In Reddington. Fact, walk them a couple more times just for good measure. Raymond Reddington has taught us one thing: always check the pulse <laughs> and don't. Shoot at above the shoulders. Always go for the body. Body shot, more mass. It's fine. It's just it's you know one hundred and one right there. <laughs> Apparently, Ain't murder one hundred and one. That's fine, but you. I mean, look at Anslo Garrick. That didn't end up well for him. Look at Kate. Didn't go well for him. I mean, but all of that could have been solved by just checking the pulse. Uh, yeah, on, but this this girl was not going to do that. She was going to freeze him. That's true. I mean, and. You know, then she wouldn't have to check the pulse because he would have been a frozen body. That would have been interesting, though, if she'd gotten through the whole thing and would she have staged him like everybody else? But then, you know, or did this guy just disappear? And then he would have disappeared um, or I don't know. I love when the body, the first body is touched and folds and breaks. The legs snapped. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And my husband goes like, Oh, you broke her. <laughs> I was quick that time. <laughs> I didn't take a sip yet. <laughs> Tessa likes to time funny things when I take a sip of something, and I think she's just waiting for the day it spews all over the computer. <laughs> no, you just don't. I mean, I'm, I time it when you seem not to do anything, so that's, you know that that's a preparation for the punchline, so... Um, yeah, and then see you take a sip. So that was that was very good. I I really like I like the construction. I like the 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 fact like everything in the blacklist. You're led to believe something which is usually the truth. Then you're led to believe something completely different, only to go back to the mm -hmm. to the first that wasn't true and is like, nope, it's something that you weren't even looking at. Yeah, it was just it was fun it was creepy and went back to that consistent theme of really identity of identity and very bizarre love stories of yeah. this person swears up and down that they love the other person but that love is not great yeah. <laughs> not a good love plus we also are touching with this blacklister a lot of other themes i mean we don't only not only have identity but here we have somebody whose crimes are ascribed to somebody else who's actually the person who's being the objective was in framing them it was it was just removing the people and now it's looked like it's a, and then she was looking to frame the other guy by doing the stuff and nobody paid attention to, to it. So I think that this is all touching on the themes of Katerina, the identity, the frame up, Reddington, um, all of this. So it was, I think it was very fun. Oh yeah. And that's, that's what I meant about there were so many pieces of it that connected well with the following episode. It was perfect mm -hmm. to flow directly into that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because while it felt somewhat like, I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, wow, this doesn't look like it's going to mesh well at all with the next one. And then when we actually got through to the end, you're going, oh, there was a whole lot more that connected than I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's dive in. 
what did you think about, I mean, since we opened, you know, after the, the teaser with the, the broken leg <laughs> breaking mm-hmm. her, um, how did you feel about Liz's confession? I, I liked it. I was, it was a good scene. Um, Red broke my heart. He broke my heart, and yet at the same time, it's like that thing, like, I feel his pain because that Spader's greatest gift is to make you feel what these characters are feeling. And at the same time, um, you know, what he said is like that, that, I mean, that was, it was worth getting into jeopardy. And Liz is, is telling him, yes, it was, but now it isn't. And and then he turns to to Dembe, and it, to me it was a familial scene of, of you know, the, the the parent confronting the children with the fact that they have, you know, basically lied to him and compromised him, and what he feels is betrayal. Um, and in this case, I do agree that was betrayal by Liz. Um, I don't think that Dembe was betrayal. I don't know that, you know, first, yes, she asked if, if Liz betrayed him. He said no, but also Red didn't ask the right question. So he got a dose of his own medicine of Red speak. Well, I have a slightly different approach. Um, I, I want to start off by saying that from Red's point of view, I think that he felt like he was justified in what he said. Uh, He Mm -hmm. was hurt. There were a lot of emotions going on there. And in a lot of ways, Red doesn't look outside of himself for other people's emotions. Especially when it comes to everything. I mean, and and we saw that in, uh, I think, yeah, it was in this episode. When he was talking to Dom later on, he said, I, you know, I don't always think about what you had to give up. You know, he doesn't always think about in that moment what what people have given up, what's been taken from people, what his actions have caused people, or even just being around him has caused people. Mm-hmm. And and so right then, in that moment, I think that he just felt this young woman that is like a daughter to me, regardless on why that is nearly got me killed. I was on death row because she wanted me out of the way so badly she was willing to risk my life. I mean, that's that's daunting. It is. It is incredibly daunting. But, and this is the part that makes me want to punch Red in the face. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, he's, he's sitting there and saying all of that, and bless Liz, I don't expect her to actually have a rebuttal for this because she was emotional, he was emotional, everybody was emotional here. But I'm sitting back as the audience member and going, absolutely, she had a right to have a, a an answer to that question. Because he said, you know, it was his secret. It wasn't hers. And you know what? His secret has cost her so much. Her adopted father, her husband, her daughter is separated from her. She has been in emotional pain, in physical pain, in danger of all sorts. He didn't seem to have a problem with the fact that he faked her kidnapping in the same episode in which we were looking at the, or either the same episode or very close the to ne- the next one. Yeah. Oh, Hans, uh, yeah. Werner. Where, where we found out that he learned the very hard way that faking a kidnapping can end up with the person being kidnapped, killed. He did it again with Liz and put her in. So, you know, he needs to get off his high horse just a little. On you put me in danger. You've been putting her in danger for at least the last six and a half years, at yeah. least. Well, yeah, I mean that 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 is true. Um, the most devastating part of it was when Red said, "I don't think I will ever believe you again." And I rolled my eyes so hard. So um, I mean, it was a very red thing to say. It really was. But it well, just it, it, it's but the interesting thing here is as a character, as a construction of a character, Red. It feels to me that Red has been doing this for so long. He has lost completely the 
perspective of what it is that is right or correct and and not. His world had been running and surviving and staying a step ahead of, of everything that I think that he had absolutely lost track of what is normal and okay. Well, I mean, if we take him, you know, take the story, the next story at its word, and he's Ilya, then Ilya said he was a moral, um, what would he call it? Moral, Relativist. Um, so Relativist. Relevant. Uh, rel- rel- yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> relativist, um, a, a moral relativist. So, I mean, if they are the same person, and we'll go into that later because it's tests at me. There's a lot, um, but you know, if we take that at its you know at face value, then I mean, Raymond Reddington that we know, he is. He's a moral relativist. I mean, regardless. Mm-hmm. He's he's always been that way. If he was made that way because of life or if he started out that way, it's sociopath versus psychopath right here. I mean, w- which one are you? Did the world make you this way or were you born this way and something in your DNA and your makeup? Um, but regardless, Red is disconnected on a lot of levels from right from from right and wrong. And that was an argument that was made when he was in the loony bin was, you know, he said. What you people say are right and wrong, you believe it, but I don't understand it. And, I mean, that's something that's been running through. And we see that in his relationships. I personally think he's a bit narcissistic. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I don't mean that I like, was in writing that in, in Reddit yeah, just, uh, just, just today. I just remember back in the pilot that, that Liz dubbed herself a narcissist. And I was thinking about that during this episode with the very... I mean, because it was always... About him, 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 him. What did Liz do to him? What did Dimbay do to him? What did this person, you know, it's all about him. And that's what narcissism is, is a very self-focused issue. And Red is very self-focused. I can't tell you if that comes from birth or if that's something that he's developed over the years as a survival technique. Who knows? But it's definitely reflecting very strongly in this episode. And now that you gave me that beautiful entry, let me just point out a couple of things. That lists a narcissist and and Red is a narcissist. But there is another trait they share, which is the ability to actually put what they don't want to deal with in some recess of their psyche and go on as, and then wreak havoc on everything as they don't want to deal with this thing. I mean, we've seen Liz do this when she suspected Liz was her father, uh, Red was her father, and she got a DNA test, and then she threw out the DNA test, only to proceed to throw fits at every other episode. Um, and then go back and forth, um, oh, I, I care for him, no, I don't care for him, uh, you're, you're not paying attention, you're paying too much attention. Um, so this, this is... And the same, he cheated the same thing uh, when Tom, oh, no, no, that, that Red planted that thing. Then, no, Red didn't plant it. Uh, Tom is bad. Then it was the pregnancy. Everything that Liz is not equipped to deal with at the point, at the moment, she just ignored. And Red said the same thing. It was, it's my fault. I knew it was you when you were looking with for Dr. Kohler's nurse. I knew you were working with Jennifer. Um and he just didn't want to deal with it. She, he didn't want to know that that Jennifer and Liz had been working against him. And so he, instead, knowing this, and I, I don't think that he really believed Demba's denial. But it was easier to believe that. It goes back to what you and I have said about you know, when it's easy, certain emotions are easier to process and to deal with. Anger is an easier emotion than betrayal and hurt. And sometimes straight up denial is just your brain processes it easier. I mean, I know I've done it personally where I just go, eh, you know, that's probably not a thing, you know? <laughs> and then later, how could you not think that's a thing? Because I just really didn't want to, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, if I were to be honest. Now. It's a is a is a protective mechanism that yeah. that humans have. When something is too much, you just you just ignore it. There's a, a way. 
yep. you shut down. And and Red knew, and, and this, and I always felt that behind this rampage of killing people, that there was a further thing, which was he was hurt. He knew that Dembe is a secret. He knew it was Liz. He knew Dembe knew, and he was just hurting Hurting them because you hurt yourself. Well, and I think Red even said that at one point. Exactly. He to, made the comment to Dom. He said, I'm very... I, I'm... Very good at hurting those I love. That was it. Yes. And, I mean, he is. So, something I have in my notes here under the confession. Um, it's... And this is something that, that I don't... I, I hope Red doesn't think about. Because if he... If he is conscious of this and readily thinks about and is aware of it. I think it's one of those things that he may subconsciously think about it, but does not focus on it. Just how imbalanced the power structure between Red and Liz is. Because he dropped into her life with supposedly all these answers that she's been looking for and continuously pulls them away. Dangles them? Dangles them and then pulls them away without giving her full answers. And then gets angry at her when she chases after the answers. Like she's a spoiled child that's gone too far and he's slapping her wrist. Those, those questions, those secrets. And see, I, I did a parallel today of, um, of the comment. Because Liz says that, she says uh, that, that secrets always come out. That she should have mm-hmm. known better because secrets come out. And, and I thought about, always getting hurt. I, I thought about Tom with, you know. Secrets. Yeah. Secrets get people in harm's way. And yeah. I think that has been the theme of 5B, 5 and 6, is secrets put people in harm's way. And it continuously does. But with with Red, I mean, he has basically, and I don't, I don't think it's even been intentional. Like, I don't think he meant for Tom to die. He did kill Sam, but I think that if he could have, like, willed Sam to keep his secret, I think he would have been perfectly happy with Sam alive. But he's taken Liz's father away from her, inadvertently taken her husband and child away. If he were to leave, the task force would disband. She wouldn't have her, I mean, she would have her job in a vague sort of sense, but not this that she's so good at, you know, in in the middle of. He has so much of the power here, so much, Mm. that... I understand, I hate it in a lot of ways, but I understand why Liz swings back around to not wanting him to go. Because if he goes, especially right now, she is literally left standing as an island alone with all of her questions and no support because everybody else will either have been dead or gone. What is interesting to me about, about what you just said it's it's how it sedges into Liz's worldview, because if you remember when she was going with with uh, Jennifer investigating Reddington, and she heard that her mother was a a betrayer and a traitor and had framed her father. She suddenly turned 180 degrees towards her father. Poor my father. My mother was a right B word. And I'm, you know, and then Jennifer, you're my family. So at least we found one another. And it was just all about Jennifer. And Jennifer was like, I don't think it's enough. Yeah. Um, and then this, this happens and she starts seeing this other side of Katerina in this tale. And as soon as that happens, it's just like 180 degree. Oh, no, it's you. But in this episode, in, in, uh, in, in the 18, before we get to the entire tale, it's the first time in, in the series, in, in six and almost seven, almost six counting seasons, that we have Liz say something and strive a balance in which she considers Red basically to be her family, even if he if she knows he isn't. And he says, I don't care anymore. You almost died and it hurt. And so this this 
episode had, to me, the pivotal moment before Liz goes again into the pendulum thing. Because that's what Liz does. She's, she's, she goes into one direction way too far and then back into the other direction. But she's always this, inside Liz, there is a scared little four-year-old girl abandoned without an explanation and being fed lies her entire life after her memories of an, of an event are taken away. And even if the memories are taken away, I think that the idea that feel that you did something that cost a lot of this always stays. I think emotions are even stronger than memories a lot of times. When you don't always have the physical memory there, you can say, I walked through this door and this event happened and then it was followed by this event and then this person said this. I mean, even without having those sort of facts, you know, sitting there, you can still walk through that same door and feel that overwhelming sense of terror without realizing exactly mm-hmm. why you're feeling that way. Look at when Liz finds the 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 stuffed uh, rabbit. The first time she puts her hands around it, she starts remembering the fire. So that 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 is definitely that kind of thing. So there, there is this vague things that are still around that definitely push her into a direction. And, and I think that, that a lot of people who are into a list hating thing, um, they first, A, suffer from, from uh, red, red adoration. Red, <laughs> red yeah, worship. Red, red duration or red worship. Um, red adoration. <laughs> and they do, and they tend to forget that you have to look at characters from their point of view. That's a point in writing. It's that you have to look at how each character, and that's what makes anything literature or performing arts good. Yeah, I mean, but most people, I would wager, are probably not writers per se. And even, I mean, we have a lot of fan fiction writers in the fandom. Um, But I, I will say, as someone that has written fan fiction for years... Honestly, it's only been recently that, I mean, within the last, you know, handful of years that I kind of took a step back and started expanding past just one or two or three points of view. I mean, and there are some books that are that way that are fine. They're, they're all good and fine and everything that you have limited points of view for the storylines. And that doesn't limit the story itself it's just the fact that this particular story that's being told is an ensemble cast and therefore you have multiple points of view multiple angles people are coming at and i different think backgrounds yeah i think the different set of facts yeah and i think to a very large degree i you know i i don't particularly hate any of these characters. Red and I have a very, very uh, interesting relationship, but um, conflicted relationship. It's like his and Tom's. It's fine. Um, But because I I do, I I would like to think I understand a lot of times where Red comes from. I just don't like it. Mm. Um, I just disagree with him very Mm. violently half the time. Um, But in the end, in an ensemble cast, If you try at least to walk a mile in each character's shoes, you'll understand them and there won't be this venomous sort of hate that comes out. This, you know, I hope they die and I, you know, they deserve this and this and this because, you know, they didn't bow down and kiss someone's shoes or what have you. I mean, that's a very flippant sort of way of saying it, but I mean, you know what I mean. You know, I don't like how they treated X characters, so I hate them. Yeah. Uh, one interesting thing going on on this thing of point of view is that one of the most interesting aspects of the Brockton, Brockton College Killers. Boy, that's a that's a mouthful. It is. Uh, is um, there a college in D.C. called Brockton College? I'm assuming I've, there is. Yeah, I don't Were know. Were they Probably in D.C.? Not. I don't. I, I would think, but I don't think that they would allow them to use a name. So they probably was just made up. That's probably um, true. That's not exactly the best. Uh, yeah, best, uh, best advertising. advertising. Yeah. <laughs> Marketing. Um, as opposed to Mercedes, which was a great advertisement, the previous one with the, with the car and the whole thing. Um, is that both Reddington and Ram were wrong. Yes. And I, you know what? 
I and who brought down the uh, whose point of view actually brought the the information? Good old fashioned investigation following <laughs> the clues. Um, that will nicely segue into wrestler mm-hmm. <laughs> because rest. Um, so first off, the very first thing I need to say about wrestler is I desperately need, if any of the blacklist writers are listening to us, if you happen to listen to us, please, 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 I am begging you. I will send you cookies. I need Russ and Aram to have their Mrs. Pa- their, uh, Ms. Pac-Man tournament. I need to I've, see this happen. I will send cookies. <laughs> I will bake cookies and send them to you. Or <laughs> if you prefer, I'll just have Tiff's treats deliver them to you. It's probably safer, but still. Cookies, your way. Please, Miss Pac-Man. That's all I'm asking. Uh, okay. That's an interesting thing. And, <laughs> and maybe they can invite Red because he likes Mrs. Pac-Man. No. Remember? He had it in the, um, in the, in the bunker. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Mm. Oh my gosh, who on staff loves Ms. Pac-Man? Or is this just somebody been, does? Is this just Sam? Like the whole time, just Ms. Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man. <laughs> it could be. Um, so I found it interesting because in all these people are always saying like, Reddy's always uh, right. No, he isn't. A lot of the time, he isn't. Um, Gina was Tom Lover. Well, no, she had been, but she wasn't anymore. He, um, Red is very, very good of painting a picture of himself that he wants others to see. And the picture that he wants others to see is that he's omniscient. Mm-hmm. And he's not, but it does him very well in his line of business for people to think that he is. Because if they think that he is, they don't do things like Smokey Mm -hmm. and use his money and his trade routes to smuggle drugs, which everybody knows he doesn't want them to do. Yeah, well, I don't know that that is so known. And and well, and drugs. I'm just I'm just saying, like those types of things that you know, it works. It definitely works for him. People don't betray him. In nope. general, because they're terrified they of him. I would be terrified of him if I worked for him. I mean, Kate Kaplan. Yeah. Uh, there is one thing that is that was interesting to me is that Ressler confesses to Liz about the search. And that's how they sent her to Dom's. He doesn't say in in Russian people were looking at me. Uh, I'm a little worried for Dom. Oh, he's toast. Yeah, like, I I just, honestly, if he survives Red's conversation, and I think if Red were about to, like, put one in his skull, we would have seen it. it. I don't know if I'd say that far, but I think if he was going to in that moment, we would have seen it happen. But... I do think that Wrestler is going to go there. And I, I thoroughly expected Wrestler to go there and for Dom to be dead before Liz ever got to him. Um, but thankfully, Liz got to him. At least there's that. I just don't expect him to ever get to meet Agnes. I mean, because asking I think he about, will. Really? I hope yeah. so. I mean, for, for his and Liz and Agnes's sake, I hope so. I but, think it is the uh, the last scene of the episode, of the season, would be um, that he gets killed. Because, I mean, that's... It, unless instead of him being killed, we see him dispatch like the killers, or the Russians, or whatever. Mm-hmm. What we know is that they are looking for him. And it, it, I note that the guys were wearing the maroon. And I have come to uh, associate the maroon or oxblood or burgundy, whatever you want to call it, with Katerina. So interesting. Um, I am not sure that those guys were actually looking for Dom as, as wrestler assumed. Uh, he's he, The bad things from Liz are rubbing on him. He's starting to assume things, not in evidence, uh, that these guys were um, trying to get him killed uh, or to find him, to kill him. And they didn't say that. If, if you look at the episode, they left before saying so. So they were saying... Um, basically, why are you looking for Katharina's father? And that's, you know, and he said, well, you're also looking for him. I don't think they were. I think they were protecting him. 
They might have been. And honestly, if that's the case, then that's great. Like, poor Dom needs a little bit of support there. But, mm-hmm. you know. Somebody else might be looking for. Remember, yeah. the blacklist always does this. When they show you something very prominently, like, here, black, bad guys, bad Russian guy in black car looking for the guy. <laughs> they're thugs. Maybe they're not. Imagine that. They give us red herrings. Mm. As the one that he was eating for his last meal. Oh, my gosh. That's that's always going to be funny. All right. So do you have anything else on Russ? Uh, no. I think we can move on to Red and Dom. Uh, or do we want to move to Red and Dimbe? Which one do you want to do first? Let's do Dimbe first. Okay. Okay. So I don't get particularly weepy. Over the blacklist. I mean, except for, like, Tom's death. Which I do think I had a good cry after a while over that one. Um, took me a couple days, but I got there. Um, I just about broke down in that final discussion between Dimbe and, and Red. It was just... I mean... It was rough. And we've talked about before... You know, do we think that Red would ever go after Dembe? After Kate, it became a legitimate question because we had the episode last season in which, uh, no, not last season, two seasons ago, in season four when Kate was still alive where she um, set Dembe mm-hmm. up uh, as the patsy there. Mm-hmm. And Red was after him. And, you know, we discussed, you know, is this a thing? Is Would Red actually kill Dembe? Because I think that was over a, a mini hiatus there, the, you know, the poison and then... Mm-hmm. And then actually going after him. A and, month it took him to over a month. Yeah, and so I mean, we came to the point of no, Dimbe is different. This came around, and I think things have changed because he was very seriously considering. He went to Dom and said, "I'm thinking about excommunication," and I love Dom's comment, "Who's left?" <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but I didn't get the impression. I mean, excommunication religiously means being forced out, being pushed out of the church, you know. And so, I mean, when he says excommunication, I would think that means being pushed out of his, you know, putting putting them out in the cold, basically, which he could easily do to Liz, just shut off communication with her. He doesn't have to kill her. But for Dembe, he knows all of his secrets. And that was the statement that he made to him. You're either my my rare, what was it? It wasn't rare friend. It was something like that, though. It was a very good line. Most loyal. um... No, uh... Oh, I don't remember the exact line, but it was a very good line. A um, rare is the only thing that's coming to mind. But but a, a friend that, you know, doesn't come around often. You know, a rare friend or an enemy. And it was one or the other to Red. And for him, that's how people land. You know, you, you don't come to odds with someone who knows your secret and leave them alive, basically. And so Red, for the entire episode was trying to decide if he was going to let Dembe live or if he was going to continue on and let him continue serving him. Yeah, but continue on in their friendship. And a singular friend or a mortal enemy. That was it. It was such a good line. Um, And, you know, I really think that he was contemplating putting a bullet in Dembe's head. And this is terrifying. It, we've been talking about how dark Red's going. It is thoroughly terrifying. This man that he he rescued as a teenager and raised and put through college and how close they are that he was actually considering okay. killing him. I don't think that is the case. And I will give you my, my take on that. Okay. Um... In one of the lines, you know, he, you, what I find with the blacklist, it's that you always have to have the entire episode and then watch it again. And when you do that, and those people who rewatch will find that out, is that a lot of things just fall into places. Um, I have a natural affinity for red. So what the things that pertain pertain to Red come more natural to me. Red tells Dom, I know how to hurt those I love. 
what I needed for music was to learn how to learn to live with that. And I don't think that he intended to kill or contemplated killing Dembe. Same as I didn't, I don't think that he, actually, I think that he contemplated killing Dembe if he was the, the poisoner in, in uh, season four. Um, but he wanted to talk to him first. I think that this time what he said, you're my mortal enemy or my singular friend, was a way to hurt him. The same way that he hurt Liz, I don't think I ever believe you again. That's his way of hurting them. Because what he told Dom is, I'm not, contemplate, I'm not contemplating killing them. I'm contemplating excommunicating them. But that sounded like a statement that, that Dom knew exactly what he meant. And, I mean, because that was, he didn't blink at that, that wording. And, and like we talked about when, when Red talked about his father excommunicating mm-hmm. him, and that was such a strange, and if he does have a Russian history, you know, if he's Russian Orthodox, that would make more sense, you know, that it comes from a very, you know, strenuous relationship with, with his religious side, um, or religious upbringing or what have you, um. Yeah, it's a, it's a word that most Christians will understand. It's excommunicating. You're, yeah. you're removed from the group. You're removed from the church. You're removed from the sacrament. You're no longer partaking of the community. But that's, and not, I think usually, you, that's not usually how he approaches what he considers betrayals. He, he approaches yeah. those like he does with Smokey, like he does with Kate. And so it was very interesting, for me at least, to see that Dom didn't even blink at that wording. So that means that he's done this to people before. If that's, yeah. you know, following your line of logic, which is possible. Um, because it does. I mean, that that wording is very specific. Mm-hmm. And so that means and he's repeated. done this before. Yes. And when things are repeated in the blacklist, start they tuning in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that... So I don't think that, that that is what he was doing. He was... Thinking of hurting, hurting Dembe, and he hurt Liz, and you told him, you know, I never believe you, um, you know, won't trust you, you know, this is, you know, you're my enemy, and and I think that that is why he was in there, and he just never, again, like you, like you said at the beginning, he didn't stop to think, because in in this thing about being the one in control, he didn't stop to think, and that Dembe would not would not forgive him for hurting him, yeah. for creating the situation. Because Liz says, "If that's the case, I'm sorry," but I don't think Liz buys this. Dembe's Dembe's qualms with Red are not coming from this little incident with Liz and her, their secrets. They've been brewing ever since Red shot Kate. I 110% agree with you. I think this has been, and I, I, I think that Dembe certainly thought that there was a possibility Red was going, I mean, I assume that was Dembe's home. Uh, there was a lot of African art in there. and It was just the apartment. No, that was not the weird little apartment. That was a totally different setting. I think it was Dembe's home. We've never... I kind of just assumed there was a second room in there that Dembe slept in. I don't know. But I think Dembe has his own home that he... I guess he goes to at night. I have no idea. But I think that Red was waiting for him at his own house. I could be. I, I didn't yeah. think... I, I keyed in on the African art and started looking at it. But when there I, is African art in the apartment. There may be, but I was looking at it. The scene was very different. Okay. It was not because I've done a lot of looking at that apartment. I, I really like the, the setting for the apartment. I'm glad they keep going back to it. Um, I'm not sure I agree with it with the, you know, pilot where he moved around every three nights. But, mm-hmm. you know, red lies to a lot of people, especially the mm-hmm. FBI. Um, but I think that Red was waiting for Dimbe in his own home basically to say, all right, I've forgiven I you. I bring you back into the fold. I don't have to fold. forgive you, yeah. I don't have to forgive you because you can do no wrong. But and and it, Dom was... It, yeah. it goes back to 
that place of power again. And this, it's a very interesting thing. Because, I mean, and we've talked about before how Red loves that power move of being over someone's bed, in someone's home, you know. And it's, it's a power move that he has. And he was sitting in a chair in this guy's home when he came home, you know, and was packing his bags. Because I think that Dembe truly thought Red was going to kill him. Because he said, I put my affairs in order. He was saying... If you have to do it, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that there was a possibility, but he was leaving for Cairo. That's a very interesting choice. It was. What are your thoughts the, on that? Why do, you, why do you think he was going to Cairo? There is a man in Cairo who is the key to everything. There is Cairo has been mentioned three mm-hmm. times in this season. I saw and, you comment on that. Yeah, two. I think one or two times a previous season. So... That that's a lot of of Cairo mentions. Usually, when you start seeing a place mentioning all the time, even if it's it's like apples, it doesn't have to be that every apple is a clue. But they're pointing to one of those is going to be a clue. Um, and I think that this Cairo has to do with whatever the conspiracy is. So I'm not sure that even Dembe is leaving Red to go and pursue whatever thing. I think that Dembe, most of her qualms was he felt that while at the beginning they were saving people, now they're not. Now it's this, this secret, the secrets that Red keeps from Liz, the secrets that Liz keeps from Red, they're taking the soul out of what they're doing, out of what Dembe felt it was worthy. It was worthy for him to be with a man who's a criminal because they were saving lives. And when his imam told him, you know, this... This, this, is it your path? That's, I think, when he just started thinking, you know, and it was interesting what he told me, ma'am. You know, he lost, this woman is his moral compass and he lost her. That's the last thing that connected to normalcy. So, um. But yeah, no, I mean, I, it would be interesting if he's off to continue his own search. You know, if he just... I think that, in part, Dembe just needs a, a breath. Kind of like Red just took to go to Dom's. Dembe needs time to think. It's not... He basically was saying, this is not on your schedule. You're not the only one here that gets to make that call if we're okay. There are two people in a relationship, and you are not the only opinion that matters. And I thought it was such a beautiful thing because I mean that was just so much of what we've been discussing with Red his narcissistic nature of him going I don't think I understand and Dembe going no I don't think you do because it's it's to Red it's all about him it's mm-hmm. by him it's I mean Red that, that Liz and, she, and Red yes. share yes very much so and I mean we've seen it with Liz over the years and Red's I think has become more pronounced in more recent seasons. I think it's all—it's very much always been there. It's not, I just think. We've mm-hmm. seen it. We've talked about it over the years. But I think that the writers are taking special care to highlight it. In, mm-hmm. Especially in recent episodes. It's just being very highlighted and the focus is being brought in on it. And Dembe called him out that it's not all about him. It's his mm-hmm. decision, too. And I think that's a beautiful thing to say for this pow- power imbalance. That it's not all about you, Raymond. And it'll be interesting to see if we see Dembe and the journey he's on. If he'll pop back up in the finale. When he'll pop back up. Because, I mean, Hisham is a is a series I regular. Think it- yeah, I think that is he. He was spotted on the season finale. Mm. Somebody said. Yeah, I think Alice made that comment that she's seen him on stuff. Oh, I saw it in Reddit. It may have been from yeah. from there. Well, I mean, hey, if yeah. multiple so people I, are I doing it. I don't think that he's going anywhere on the long term, but he's most definitely taking a step back. Um, well, I'm saying I, it would be nice to see what he's doing, but there's you know they have what. I think I looked the other. It's more like forty-three minutes that they have of airtime, mm-hmm. and so yes. I mean it's such a small amount. And yep. it's forty-three. It used to be forty-five. Now it's forty-three. 
gotta pay those and, bills and keep the lights chopped, on yeah and more chopped up instead of each well each it section is, being... it's gone from four acts to five acts and a lot of places now are doing five acts plus a teaser and so the teaser is like two to three minutes that's usually what you see at the very beginning of an episode and then you have the title card yeah and that's new it wasn't like that exactly yeah it's it's become more that way recently mm. okay we have to no. We have to talk about Dom yes, and Red. Yes. We haven't talked about Dom and Red. Okay, I forgot all about that. Don't forget so, Dom. So Dom and Red. <laughs> we were so focused on Red, we forgot about Dom. <laughs> so the Red most, would be proud. The, most, the interesting thing about this thing is like, Dom tells Red about an accident three months after the accident, and then Red comes over a and month later. Is, a month later. Um. So that's a that's a four month period is interesting to me because that's about the time. Can I can I call a parallel that I don't think was actually meant to be pulled, but is still fun. Four months car accident, Scotty Hargrave. She was in the hospital for four months after her car accident. Oh, Red Arena will love that one. The Red Arena fans will love that one. I'm sorry because (laughs) Dom is in a car accident and it doesn't. I don't know how that has anything to do with Red Arena. Scotty. I was talking about Scotty Hargrave. Scotty in a car accident after something happens to her son and Dom in a car oh. accident if something well, happens I to mean, Red. son-in-law. You know, whatever. Ish. Mm-hmm. Ish. Mm-hmm. You know, if you squint hard enough. Um, but, uh, it just... It's I interesting I that... I doubt it was meant to be, meant to be a parallel pull, but it's still... My brain went there because parallels. Mm-hmm. I pulled quite a few parallels from these episodes. Oh, yeah. I would like to, to see them. I, I want to learn. They're all there. <laughs> um, the... It's interesting to me that I think that, that the person that Dom didn't forgive with Red... He forgave Katerina, but he, because it was his child, but he didn't, couldn't forget Red. I, yeah. I mean, I think that Dom and Red have a very complicated relationship. I think we've known that since we met Dom. Mm-hmm. They just, I think, and again, briefly touching on this, and we can go on it more in the second episode. But, I mean, it, if Red is Ilya, then that means that, that Dom has known him since he was six years old. And so that, that would explain a lot of that. Um, but regardless how Dom knows Red, we do know that there's a very complicated relationship there. I mean, because he still lets him in his home. When Red needs to go and think, he shows up to Dom's home. And when Dom asks him, basically, why are you in my place? Red goes, I'm not here to talk, I'm here to think. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... That's a relationship of very bizarre proportions right there. When you can mm-hmm. waltz into someone else's home, the person who owns the home goes, so why are you here? And you basically go, shut up. Just, mm-hmm. you know, be a statue over there. I don't need to actually talk to you. <laughs> That's bizarre. Exactly. That's weird. Yeah. It, that, that to me puts it into, into one of two, which is, you know, uh, it, it could be. That that relationship that just spawned in the tail, uh, it could be an in-law. We said for years that it reminds us of Red and Tom and mm-hmm. Dom and Red seem to I parallel. I could totally see Tom doing that. Oh, yeah. Just, I, I need some place with another person because in the end, Red still talked to Dom. He was there to talk to him. He just didn't want to admit it. It couldn't be yes. easy. And so he still want he has a great deal of respect for Dom in his opinions and his advice. He just can't admit it, which was exactly what it boiled down to with Tom. We've said for years, or at least, you know, I have, and I, I you know, tell me if I'm wrong, that I, I, th- I think you agree, that I've always been of the opinion that Tom felt like, he had sort of a hero worship with Red. That here was this man that he just idolized, that had hired him, and then kind of got that 
that idea busted, but he still had a lot of respect for him in a lot of ways. He didn't always trust him. He didn't always like him. But there was a strange sort of respect, if for nothing else, for someone that was very good in the same industry he was in. Mm. And I, I really feel that between Red and Dom on many different levels. I mean, two old school spies, different generations, but still... And they have a long-standing history. There is a respect Pertaining the daughter. Yep. All focused around Katarina. And mm-hmm. I think that's both the link between them that, that helps, helps bring that respect, you know, to point. And it's also the thing that leaves them raw. Because when... Either man seems to be very raw when it comes to Katarina. There's a lot of pain there. There's a lot of regret. There's a, you know, you watched her out of your rearview mirror. It's the last time that you saw her. And do you notice that Dom didn't say yes? He did say it to Liz the next episode. He reiterated yeah, he that. He used it. Yeah, he did. Um,. Which was really funny because it took me through the second round of watching to realize that that meant at the post office, not in Russia. Mm-hmm. That he saw her in America. He hadn't been in Russia. He had a truck with, with glitter. Who carries glitter in to go from Russia to escaping the KGB? Well, I don't That's think- a yarn. Yeah. But no, I mean, you're right. He he brought glitter. He brought childhood games. And so my guess is that he at least, I mean, he said that he had a contingency plan. But my guess is that he owned a home there already because he had been undercover. And whether the KGB knew about it or what have you, regardless of the situation, he had property there. Because, I mean, otherwise, Katarina never, I mean, and, and Lottie's not American. But she always speaks with an American accent. I have no idea what she sounds like when she speaks normally. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know, but um, I mean, a lot of that is going to go into the second uh, into the second episode. Yeah. Um, but it, it is it is remarkable because even though this seemed like the episode was going to get lost in the other because it was so much mythology, um, I I I've been saying. Most of the real information about the past came about in this episode. So kudos for writing the episode. I really loved it. We loved it, Sam. I don't think she actually listens to this, but still, we loved it. <laughs> um, all right. Is that about... Uh... Oh, um, I do have one other thing and it, it kind of focuses back along mm-hmm. the narcissistic line that we've been the theme that we've been running through this mm-hmm. <laughs> this particular edition um when they're sitting there and dom's drinking his beer and he's he offers red one he goes uh, you know he makes the comedy says have it your way you always do mm-hmm. and one, just that goes back to sort of the narcissistic sort of thing that, and also the fact that he is continuously seems to blame Red for losing his entire life. But it also reminded me in a way of what Tom said to Liz on the boat. Um, that she was going to do what you Yeah, you're going to do what you, what you want to yes, do. You brilliant. always, always brilliant. do. <laughs> Brilliant. That was a great one. I did not see it. Kudos to you. Well, I actually just thought of it. <laughs> so It was awesome. It is absolutely true. Fear, is- fear my library of Tom information. It's back there. It's Sometimes it's a little backlogged, but it's all there. I just have to shuffle around the chaotic library in my head. Mm-hmm. There you go. I mean, <laughs> there is, there, it, this is... They're little things, and that's where the clues are in those little moments. Because it's not the big blatant thing with the mm. with the flashing neon light telling you, "Look at this." That's a red herring. And the little tiny things—that's a clue. And that was was an excellent one. So we have three things 
that have been somewhat highlighted that make a direct connection between things that Greg has or as, as uh, traits and Liz has as traits. Hey, there's a reason Tessa keeps me around. It's certainly not for my looks. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's for the character. What's the joke that, like, I've got a face for radio? Apparently I do. I just don't have the voice for it. (laughs) We sound fine. So anyway, so... You don't have to to edit us. (laughs) I don't sound fine. You've got a pretty accent. I just sound, like, nasally and crappy. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Stop the (laughs) self-flagellation. Uh, if you're gonna flagellate, let's get something fun, <laughs> like the stuff Everybody. that really has like blood all over the place. <laughs> oh my god! Thanks for that. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're gonna do this, at least bleed out, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's have some form of entertainment out of it. Thanks. <laughs> some French you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, this I think that this more or less is the end of the of the episode. We're at an hour, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, so catch us on the second one. Yes, we will. um, We're going to split this into two because there was just so much information to cover. And this will be this episode will come out first. I'll go through the editing process on this first. And then later in the week, I will post the next one as soon as I get all the editing done. Uh, You can find us on on. you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube, and you can talk to us on Tumblr, on Twitter, and Facebook. And with that, stay tuned or go back to the next one. Yes. Bye-bye.